Welcome, welcome to Mozzie and the Muscle, our show about all things football and, well, maybe just a few things outside of that. We are not reporters, we are not journalists, but damn it, we do love to talk about it. Welcome in to Mozzie and the Muscle. I am the Muscle, joined by my co-host with the Formioli, Mozzie. <laughs> it's true. Beef Wellington. Is it a ravioli or a Pop-Tart? This, <laughs> these are the things I think of at 4 a.m. I, I think you can make the argument, since it's surrounded by patachou. <laughs> oh. It is, sur- it is surrounded by a pastry dough. I don't know if yeah. it's actually that. It's usually a layered pastry dough, like a phyllo dough, specifically, I think. But, I mean, that's is savory, sweet. Yeah, I mean, yeah it's, it's definitely ravioli. I don't think there's a way around it. No, uh, we talked, I think, for about five minutes about stuff being ravioli or Pop-Tart or not. Um, mm-hmm. I may just toss that in at the end, because um, I've got that recorded on the, the Oh, love thing. it. So, I might pop that in. But, yes, this is a football podcast. Um, you know, yes. as as the as the theme song in the intro says, and sometimes other stuff, but and mostly sometimes football. Other stuff. Yeah. That stuff is soft and in the inside of a ravioli. Is a is a football ravioli? I don't know. Is there anything inside a football? Air? I don't think so. Yeah, yeah it's tough. Hmm. Is it pop tart? Hmm. Is is air filling? Because you is do air. you do have to inflate you do have to insert something like, it's just air but you do have to put air into it you do it's you a do puff have pastry to it. right I don't know my it might be ravioli TBD we'll, it we'll might get be we'll, ravioli. we'll take a poll on that one that'll be our Twitter poll is football ravioli everything is ravioli <laughs> change my mind <laughs> <laughs> so we are here to for now uh, review week three. So it went pretty decently, uh, both 11 and 5, or depending on if we want to generously give me the Cincy pick, could be 12 and 4. Uh, but, yep, so I we're thought going... we did worse on our picks, not going to lie. I thought we did worse, um, but we like got a lot of the games right. But we actually did pretty good. I mean, 11 and 5, we are essentially getting 11 games right per week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the only 16. one... Yeah, because right now we've got uh, you've got 33, I've got 31 or 32... So pretty pretty solid hit rate out of I think forty eight is the math on that. So pretty 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 good pretty good. And yeah, the only games we both missed because a lot of them we split on, but the only one we both missed we both missed Seattle over like Minnesota. Then we both missed New England. Oh Kansas City. So yeah, between the two of us we we, we, we covered a couple. And and I know it's not you know this is this isn't a combined record, but I think is like if one of us at least brings up hey this isn't gonna go that way it kind of gives the opportunity to you know think more about okay what if this game upsets or or in some cases doesn't upset and i started to notice that every time i'm watching a game there's always one at least one to two games where everyone picks one team and they're always wrong and i'm like all right so every single game that i look at now i really try to say all right what can happen for this team to win and try to get like a better gauge because you know any given sunday it happens mm. it happens yeah we love I, to get those right uh i feel like uh like the green bay san francisco game like i feel like me picking san francisco might have been a little bit of, like oversight on all their injuries but we'll, we'll get to that one eventually 
we can start with the uh, Thursday night game. Did we... So we Not- recorded... We haven't mm-hmm. reviewed it. We recorded it before it happened, I believe, but we didn't right. preview it. So Carolina but, did win, as yep. we both predicted. Mm-hmm. Um... Davis Mills didn't look totally incompetent out there. No, no, no. He didn't look, like, you know, amazing, but he definitely did not look lost by any means. Mm-hmm. So, this game went by so fast, too. That was one of the fastest Thursday night games I've ever watched. Uh-huh. And that might just be because it's normally, like, a Jags AFC South divisional game, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I say that a week where that is literally going to happen, but... Yep, not the like... whole AFC South, but part of the AFC South we get. <laughs> Yeah, it, it kind of went by fast. We're both teams just keeping everything in bounds. Like, I I, I mean... I don't think Houston's pace, I can double check, but I don't think Houston really runs at, like, a huge pace. There wasn't a ton of scoring or anything to keep it uh, <laughs> keep it like alive for a long time, too, or any, like, crazy events. Because we saw the Monday night game take forever because, like, so much shit happened in the in that first quarter. Like, the first quarter took as long as this first half did. Okay, so Panthers ran 70 plays, which is totally on par with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, Texans ran, do you want to guess? 52? 49. Ooh, that's close. Yeah, that's not many good. plays. They, they like to go slow, and it makes sense, especially when you have, you know, your backup in there. Well, I guess backup, backup. Anyway, you have Davis Mills <laughs> in there. And I think, so obviously, CMC got hurt. That, that's, I think that's the main thing from this game. Yeah, and, unfortunately. Mm-hmm, right now, it's I'm going to guess two weeks. Definitely one, of course, mm-hmm. but they like to be careful with him, so probably two. And in the meantime, they also, they also traded uh, Dan Arnold away because our guy Tommy Tremble, Tommy uh, Tremble, had a game. Ah, oh, jeez, I'm here. I'm your starting <laughs> tight end. <laughs> I'm gonna make you tremble. Yes, sir. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> yeah, I need to get. Uh, I have that Wubble of a Chub Chub shirt with Nick Chubb and the Rick and Morty animation. I need a Tommy Tremble version of that. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Even though it's the Panthers, I'd, I still want that to exist for the oh, sake of... Oh, that made me feel so validated. Dude, I, I was cracking up when he got the touchdown because we <laughs> joked about, like, oh, playing him in, in DFS on Showdown as, like, a punt. Right. It was so fucking funny. <laughs> oh, that was glorious. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, so they, he played well. They clearly are like, well, let's, uh, see if we can give this guy some more time. We probably don't need this Arnold guy anyway, cause we already have one Darnold on the team. <laughs> and, and they got CJ Henderson out of and it. And they got CJ Henderson out yeah. of it. Yeah. So hopefully they can make him work. And that's and cause they lost JC Horn too. So getting some replacement corner help, um, and someone who was just a first round pick. So, yeah, exactly. I mean, they just lost Horn and. There are three and zero, so they don't want to like lose a whole lot of speed. Yeah, they don't want to fuck it up. <laughs> I'm totally for it. It was mm-hmm. a great move for them. Kind of a weird and I would say not good move for the Jaguars. I don't really understand what they're doing there. They just drafted Henderson. Yeah, like, that just was, drafted him. Yeah, I guess I get. I don't know how much is true or not true. I I think that he just didn't riff with the new regime. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I like I don't. I'm guessing he probably doesn't just totally suck. Maybe he does, and they're doing the uh, the Rosen thing where they get some value while they can, even if it's less. I don't know, but maybe I don't think he does though. I remember last year thinking, "Hey, this guy's actually not bad." I yeah, mean, he I was guess. a first round pick. 
yeah, like a top 10 or something, right? Yeah. Very, very high. So hopefully he does well with uh, the Panthers. And then, so Robbie didn't do a whole lot this game, but I saw, I can't remember the qu- who quoted it, but basically Robbie, like they said, Robbie was open, but DJ Moore was just more open. <laughs> <laughs> like he, cause he was so wide open that whole game. Yeah. They I just I'm... didn't cover him. I should have known too because when usually when it's one person's game, as in with Robbie, he doesn't share. Like he usually <laughs> either has a blow up game and the other like wide receivers don't, or the opposite. And I was definitely on board with it being a DJ Moore game, so I should have seen the Robbie one incoming. Yeah, but I, it it'll happen in these types of games where they're just winning, but. <laughs> Because they, they got a lot of uh, Chuba and some Royce in. But, yeah, Mills continued to hyper-target Brandon Cooks. That'll continue. And Cooks kind of proving, like, how good he is. Because he's been good at a lot of, st- lot of stops with different quarterbacks. But they've all been pretty decent quarterbacks. And so, getting it done with Tyrod and Mills makes him, you know, look pretty dang good. Look pretty dang good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Cooks goes. He's good everywhere he goes. Yeah. Very underrated. I, I, I think we've been fairly pro-Cooks. I would say so. There's some people that really are just like, ah, he's not that good. Why no one ever wants to sign him again? Why would he be good? And I'm like, you know. Yeah, he showed he showed last year, like, because last year they had him run a lot of different routes too, and so mm-hmm. people a lot of people think of him as a deep threat, but he's got a lot more to his game. So, anyway, next up we've got uh, the Sunday games. We start with Washington at Buffalo, and this was one where. In the beginning of the week, we were like a little unsure of the spread, and by time to pick, we were like, "Wait, this is yeah, this spread is right." Yep. And it's one of those, as the week went on, it just kind of snowballed until I think I was fully on board with Buffalo winning by a good amount by the end of it. Unfortunately, it's just Washington's defense has not been playing as well as it was last year uh, by any stretch. They had zero sacks on Jalen. And they had two tackles for loss all day. I mean, the Bills O-line, it's, you know, it's not changing a whole lot. It's definitely not a bad O-line. But it's not that good against what we know that defense can do that it should be stopping at that. Like, it's just something's off with Washington's defense. Yeah, if they're not getting pressure, they're going to suck. (laughs) Like, because their secondary is not special or anything by any means. Like, it's all about that front seven, especially the D-line. And so, yeah, if they're not getting to the quarterback, it's going to be tough sledding. And Jalen was one of our bangers of the week as far as stuff we got right. That was definitely one of them. So, he he just Was he the banger of the week? Um, I know we we had, like, a couple in terms of, like, different positions. But he was was our quarterback banger. Right, but, like, in terms of all of the scoring, was he... Oh, I, I I believe he top scored. Hell yeah. I can double check. There might have been someone who passed him on like a prime time, but I, as far as I'm aware, he top scored. And Emmanuel Sanders finally had his good game. We talked a lot about him in terms of he was getting the looks that just hadn't been converting. And so he converted. He converted. I saw a lot of... Um, so this is one I went back and watched because I just wanted to see kind of what was going on with Washington and why... Their defense wasn't playing so well, so I ended up watching this one a bit. Diggs and Jalen were not on the same page. I saw a lot of miscues from them. You know, Diggs would keep going when Jalen thought he was coming back inside on the end of a long route, and he overthrew him once or twice. And when that happened, that was usually first and 10, then it's second and 10, and then Beasley was just, well, I'll get the 30 yards Mm -hmm. he just 
they just didn't connect on over the course of these next two to three catches. So Beasley was a huge beneficiary of those miscues. Um, I don't know. I just uh, wash. I don't know what to think of Washington right now. I saw Heineke make some really good plays and some really stupid plays. Mm-hmm. Which I mean, I guess is kind of something we can expect from him. Like we've seen him play pretty well, but there's a reason he didn't, you know, burst onto the scene. Like he's got a. He's not, you know, a lead or anything. He's definitely been solid for them, but yeah. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of miscues on Washington's offense. They penalties and turnovers and drops and all that stuff because they were getting a lot of yardage on their plays. They were getting chunk yardage. You can run on the Bills, and they were, but then they would be backed up by penalties and the drive would stall out. So it was really a weird game for them. They we're kind of hanging in there with the Bills at the beginning and did some things right, but just a few a few really bad plays, and it just switched like that. Yeah, and again, like, I, their defense, man. I, I just can't get over how rough the defense has been for I them. Know. It's it's bizarre. It's supposed it, to be yeah. good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just lack of pressure. I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll probably, I think, We'll see Buffalo keep rolling, and then Washington will get a chance to bounce back against Atlanta. That's sometimes a nice get right for your defense <laughs> at this rate. We'll see. Um, <laughs> yeah, speaking of defense get right, uh, Cleveland hosted Chicago, and Miles Garrett had himself a fucking day. Yeah, he did. He called out the defense, and they responded. That's yeah. for damn sure. He had, yeah, they, what, four sacks himself, four and a yeah, half? Yeah, four, four and a half, something absurd. And he pretty much said, like, afterwards, that he was asked about it. He's like, yeah, we kind of figured out the game plan pretty quickly. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was a tough uh, outing there for Fields, and everybody's basically saying, like, well, he clearly wasn't ready yet, and, you know, yeah. they shouldn't be starting him. How do you how do you feel about said play calling that Miles Garrett mentioned? Um, You know, I, uh, I, I got to say, that was one of the worst fucking play calling like decisions I've ever seen. Matt Nagy, that was fucking inexcusable. Or Bill Lazor, whoever the fuck's doing it over there. That was so goddamn bad. They, oh my fucking God. Going back and watching this game was so tilting because it was unbelievably evident that they just said, well, Dalton is our starter, so we're going to keep running the Dalton offense and Fields is the backup. It's your job to learn this offense. Can you execute it? And obviously he couldn't fucking execute it because Andy Dalton's playbook is a lot different than what Justin Fields' playbook (laughs) should fucking be, Matt Nagy. I mean, Jesus Christ was so unbelievably terrible. So Fields is like, he holds onto the ball a bit longer, right? He drops back. He, does, he has a really good vertical game, and he can get a ton of yardage with his legs. And there are sometimes he takes sacks, but there are also times he makes brilliant plays. But he doesn't get to fucking do that if you're doing this Andy Dalton short game, like West Coast style offense, where no one's going deep, which is Fields' fucking wheelhouse, because his deep bomb is really damn good. And he got sacked nine fucking times. I mean, uh, uh, I. I don't even know if I can agree with the sentiment that Fields isn't ready because they they literally just did the worst possible thing offensively that they could have done, which was to force a goddamn square peg into a round hole. <laughs> oh, my God. I was getting so mad watching this. I actually stopped watching at some point. Yeah, it was Ugh. it was bad. And I do think... Both aspects can be true in terms of, you know, it was Fields' first game, 
it was you know not going to be easy regardless and they were going to see some mistakes and also the team did nothing to help him at all at like whatsoever Allen robinson honestly like going back i was really nervous about him playing this week and it was right to think so but it was also wrong to think so because it, he really should be a good connection with fields but until they figure out that they need to actually change their game plan to the players that they have starting i the rest of the stretch i don't know if you can start fields at least in 2021 they do get the lions uh in week four i believe right so they do but like <laughs> oh no i'm not unless, saying they're good i'm not like saying they're gonna win i'm just saying it'll make his life a bit easier it's it's unless fields goes out there and says okay don't listen to that clown on the sideline <laughs> I'm going to just do this. You go deep. I don't know if I can trust it. I don't trust the offensive play calling in like at all. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's so discouraging. And I, I, as if I wasn't, you know, already off of Matt Nagy. I I think that rant right there <laughs> pretty much sums up that I, I am off of Matt Nagy. Yeah, I imagine he's not long for Chicago at this rate. But he should have. He should be fired. Quite frankly, yeah, he, he should he be fired. Should mid-season. not still be there. Like, they should have been gone already. Before <laughs> they should have been gone already, but they should be fired midseason. This is that's re- like really ridiculous. I know rough. their offensive line stinks. I know, and the Browns have a really good D line. I get it, but give your rookie a chance to succeed at least one. Yeah, they they did not do that. Um, but the Browns side, so the Browns defense played well. Uh, we saw them kind of struggle some uh, in the early. I mean, obviously, you know, getting Kansas City doesn't make that easier. And I don't know how, like, because the Tyrod led Houston was doing well against them, but they also looked more respectable week one than anticipated. So that one's kind of a tough gauge. We, we haven't really, we don't really have a good gauge on how Cleveland's defense is, I don't think. It's been a little tough to evaluate. They still seem to be vulnerable over the middle. Um, which is something we kind of noticed in their first couple games. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I think if Dalton had played, you would have seen a lot of that short game over the middle kind of uh-huh. stuff, which probably would have been relatively effective, not necessarily as dynamic as you would like, but, you know, efficient and moves the ball downfield. Yeah, I think, um, I think we'll see next week against uh, Minnesota. Kind of, it'll that'll be like a... You know, Minnesota's offense is good. It's not Kansas City, obviously, but it's going to be definitely a step above what they saw from Davis Mills and the Chicago team. So I think we'll get the better limits test next week on them. But yeah, the the running backs did most of the work. Um, Odell came back, got involved, was solid, but it, it was it was Chubb and Hunt. Hunt got the touchdowns, um, had the big plays, but yeah, they just they, they just ran the ball. Yeah, for the game. I was expecting more <laughs> fantasy wise from Chubb, but yeah, but yeah, so it, it, it ended up being a Hunt game in terms of the fantasy value. Mm-hmm. And then Hunt got a lot of receptions too. He kind of took a lot of the vacated from Jarvis. Which jumping back a smidgen, I think in terms of Carolina, I I wonder how much we'll see reception wise go to the running backs and how much we'll see just get all distributed to the receivers instead. Like we'll see maybe some more Robbie, some more Terrace possibly. Or some more DJ Moore. Yeah, even more DJ Moore. Even more, more. (laughs) Now it's more, more. (laughs) And Tommy Chumble. Oh, yeah. Good old Tommy. A couple targets a game for him is probably solid. Because, yeah, Dan Dan Arnold and Ian Thomas were getting a hold off, but I imagine they'll just kind of run 
I mean, it's Carolina. They're going to run mostly one tight end. But yeah, so. Next up, we had Baltimore barely eking out a win over Detroit. Um, now, a lot of this uh, was Hollywood's fault that it was close. <laughs> like, he just could not hold the ball. It was It's disappointing because the first couple weeks, I'm like, I think he's learning. And then it just all went to shit this week against Detroit, which is hilarious. The regression hit. Yeah, uh. the... And then there was, because, yeah, there were the drops. Well, two of them were, like, the same drive, I think. But he had two really bad, there gets three really bad drops. And then there was one where, like, Mandrews is just, like, from what I could tell on the screen, it looked like he just tripped. And he was, like, open. It should have been a touchdown. So a lot of points left on the board where I think the Justin Tucker field goal at the end was sort of, like, balance, you know, nature rebalancing this game. Yeah, I mean, I would probably agree with that. It it shouldn't have come down to a 66 yarder for him to have to make or 71, depending on who you ask. But, <laughs> um, it was pretty funny to see Detroit almost pull this out, which was a little bit, I mean, a little bit predicted by us. Just the fact that they've won week three as heavy underdogs the past three years. And uh, the Ravens just came back from a really daunting win over the, the Chiefs that I'm sure cost them everything. Yeah, and they were pretty hurt coming in too. <laughs> and they were really beat up coming in. Um, and kind of just in the notes, but you know, Harbaugh tends to avoid the trap games pretty well. And I would say kicking a 66 starter to win it is avoiding the trap game because they did win, but they were close. <laughs> they were close to the victims there. Did you see, um, I was think Kyle Brandt, right? The uh, NFL Today, his like evaluation or like, you know, analysis of all the Detroit fans in that picture where they realize it's going over. No. Oh, dude, it's so hilarious. He does like a six minute segment. Um, there's like, I saw it on Twitter, but basically he's just going through, you know, all the emotions you see from the Detroit fans as they realize the kick is gonna go in after bouncing oh, correctly goodness. on the upright. It was so great. <laughs> it was oh, wonderful. I, I definitely gotta see that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I think. The big takeaway for the Lions is that their team does have a ton of fight in them, and they aren't exactly winning, but, man, are they making it so entertaining, and they're staying in every game. Yeah, and I I do got to say, so I'm looking at the uh, running back PPR list. Uh, Number three is DeAndre Swift, and number 10 is Jamal Williams. So hey. that def- that definitely, I don't, I, don't, I don't even have to math it, that for sure combines for a top five PPR backfield. So pretty awesome yeah pretty pretty good i'd say <laughs> um, i'm happy i'm happy about that one nailing those picks did you end up getting them in a best ball or anything um i have i pretty sure i got a lot of jamal williams because he was a lot easier to get mm-hmm. and i unfortunately didn't get much swift because there are for as high as i was in the backfield there were also other people equally as high on swift in every draft every best ball so it was a little tougher yeah. there but yeah so that it's that it's been those two in hawk for the most part, with the occasional one receiver per game showing up a little bit. <laughs> and the, the Ravens, that this one was weird and gross because it was like a lot of backfield split. But again, like we said, a lot, of, just uh, so many touchdowns left on the board by fuck ups and drops. So Ravens still got the W. Yep, and uh, L- Lamar is having a pretty dang good year to start yeah, off. He is. He is effectively carrying this team at the moment. <laughs> yeah, 
I mean, <laughs> he kind of has to with all their other ball carriers being out. Yeah, there's a lot of injuries this team, and he's kind of, especially the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs game was definitely him willing to win, but yeah. So anyway, next up, we've got Indy at Tennessee. Tennessee pulled this one out, and this one was, like, weird. So there were a couple, before I dig into it, there was one moment where Henry stepped arm, like, he was following a block, and he, like, essentially stepped arm his own guy into the ground, and it made me chuckle because <laughs> he accidentally, you know, stiff-armed the shit out of his own teammate. And then... Gotta watch out. Yeah, and then Julio registered another tackle, so... There we go. That, you know. <laughs> so some at least some things are right in the world. Uh, but yeah, so this game was... It stayed pretty tight, and then like, I saw the tar- Titans start rolling, and then they had an unlucky pick, and gave the Colts a field goal. Mm-hmm. I say unlucky pick because it like wasn't Tannehill's fault. Um, right. It like bounced weird or whatever and went off someone's hands. And so okay, still close. And then the Colts had a 17 play drive in the second half. They converted on fourth down twice, and <laughs> they should have had a touchdown. But once just I'll just, just missed Pittman, who was pretty open. And oh yeah. A, that, if that ball was like even six inches to the left, Pittman <laughs> can probably snag it. And then uh, Pascal had a chance to like haul one, and that probably would have gone to like the one for another fourth down to convert. Um, <laughs> and then Tennessee was driving back again, and then the Colts, um, you know, recovered a fumble, and then second of that drive, and I'm like, okay, like Tennessee. I felt, I, I, there's a certain point I'm like, okay, I feel like Tennessee should have more points than they do. And I was surprised at the end of the game when they actually were leading time of possession because, like, I would just assume the Colts were going to, based on how the game was going, without, like, you know, looking at time of possession at any point during it. And I got to say, the Colts' defense looked pretty rough. It did. It, it was bad. It was, it was, I, I wrote, it looked garbage this game. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> it really did, yeah. Yeah. And then they, they also had to settle for two field goals inside the 10, and that hurts. Like, when you win the turnover margin by plus three and still lose, that's impressively bad in a way. Because <laughs> um, I'm like, okay, they, they the, the Colts got unlucky in the sense of, like, like scoring variance, I guess, in terms of, like, okay, not many games in a row will you get stuck with two field goals inside the 10. But also, the Titans got some pretty unlucky turnovers. So, like, I feel like the luck just kind of balanced out and we got the outcome we should have. Because mm-hmm. once once the Titans got it to a nine point lead, that was essentially the game. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, your takeaway is pretty consistent with mine. It was a lot of back and forth. There was uh, there were times Indy's O line was winning and the run game was working and they were moving the ball downfield, and there were times it wasn't, and then vice versa. There were times Tennessee was just destroying them with their offense, and there were times that they were just getting sacked and throwing Mm -hmm. picks and it was it it definitely had a lot of back and forth schematically where you could tell that the coaches were playing chess and which was pretty cool to see Mm -hmm. um and i think vrabel got the better of it but he also has you know a couple better guys that i think you would want to have but then he also lost two guys as the game went on with uh julio and aj brown both leaving at some point yeah Uh, both both with hammies yeah it sounds like AJ Brown's is a little a little more like uh, serious, significant. However you want to phrase it, mm-hmm. um, he's definitely going to miss this week and possibly more. And then Julio is questionable at the moment. Um, we're recording Wednesday with this, and we'll know more uh, when we preview when we have some Thursday practice reports. Because that's you know Wednesday. Julio like always rests on Wednesday, so always. that's going to mean nothing. So and on the and on the third day, Julio rests <laughs> always. 
Yeah, it was a uh, yeah. I mean, it was a pretty good game. I was not expecting Wentz to play with both of his ankles. Oh yeah, sprained. that part was nuts too. <laughs> That's ridiculous that he did. And uh, Tennessee, I think, proved that they do have a pass rush. I saw it the first two games. They were just playing Kyler and Russ, but it is there. If you're playing a below average O line, they will get to you, and they did get to Wentz a lot. Um, yeah, or you know, a quarterback that isn't Kyler or Russ. Right. <laughs> they, can, they can evade pressure pretty well. <laughs> Gotta say, Wentz did impress me with one thing, though. I saw him throwing the ball away when there yeah. was no one there to catch it. And I was like, you know, if he didn't have two sprained ankles, he'd be running right now. That's the thing. Like, there, there were a couple times when I could tell, like, there was um, a sack he took that um, he really probably shouldn't have slash wouldn't have taken if he weren't on two sprained ankles. But... <laughs> Like you said, he probably would also have not thrown it away as much if you weren't on two spread ankles. Yep. <laughs> so I'm like, All right, well, you know, just keep that trait. Learn learn not to try to do it all, man. Mm-hmm. Sometimes yeah. you have to throw the ball away. It is literally the best move. Uh-huh. Yeah, he... Because that's, that's been his kind of kryptonite <laughs> a lot, is trying to make too much happen, which a lot of quarterbacks do that, but... It's just yeah, but most it. learn. Uh-huh. <laughs> Once you get hurt enough, you learn a little bit more. Right. How much more do we have to break you, old man? <laughs> uh. Uh, and then before we move on, I do want to say, Michael Pittman has been getting a lot of targets these last two weeks. He is starting to climb up the receiver ranks, and I hope we do see him finish top 24 like we, uh, we mentioned in our bold predictions episode. And then Naheem Hines. So he's someone who I wasn't huge on coming in. Or his rookie year, but he has definitely improved. Like he's he's electric. Like that was never a doubt. Oh, it was just is. how much he could convert it to like actual football field NFL. Well, the working. problem was Marlon Mack was still there too, who is also pretty Appa- damn good. Yeah. yeah, apparently he's on the trade block. That's like he. I is. guess that's why he was inactive. So he is apparently like they have agreed to trade him. So now they're just finding a suitor. Yeah. So. You know, Niners, Ravens, possibly one of these teams that relies on running a lot that doesn't have a running oh, back. Oh, please really. put Marlon Mack on the Niners. That would be a really good fit. That, that would, would actually be, be a fantastic. perfect fucking fit. That would be wonderful. <laughs> you said that, and my I like just immediately was like yas. Yeah, I, I bet Shanahan is like because he makes a lot of sense for his Shanny system. They'll probably trade him for a fifth. Probably get. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, as long as he's you know. As long as he doesn't suffer any like uh, compensation injuries from the was the ACL the Achilles the Achilles, um, mm-hmm. then I think he could do well in the next spot. But yeah, this game was interesting. So um, yeah, once you know, toughed it out and played. So next up we have uh, Kansas City hosting the Chargers. We both took Kansas City, but they decided to turn it over three times in order to start the game, and that kind of hurt them a lot. The fact um, that they only lost by a touchdown when they turned the ball over that much is really a testament to how good this team really is when they're not making mistakes. Yeah, like they had so much go wrong and still almost won. Um, Mahomes, like near the end, threw a, a pretty bad pick um, that gave Chargers was, the chance to put it away. It was a bad one. Yeah, it was rough. No, that, that was one of the things that like, that was the type of pick that people who, you know, weren't high on him initially like that that was a type of stuff that he got dumped on for um before he you know became this Patrick Mahomes obviously 
Um, yeah, because the Chargers got out to a 14-0 lead off all those turnovers, and KC came back pretty quickly. Um, pretty quick, as they are known to do. Yeah, but the Chargers held on, um, so props to them. A lot, a lot of Eckler and a lot of Clyde on the other side, who also fumbled again, which is odd. They've, like, because all their turnovers were weird to start. Like, the one was just off of uh, Marcus Kep's hands. Like, that was completely his fault. And then the fumbles were both, like, those in a lot of normal situations they would have gone down already but the way they tackled they contorted and they stayed up longer and the ball got ripped out right and so and not you, you could say enough like oh, that's some pretty rough you know turnover luck that starting the game with three straight turnovers or does definitely probably require some bad luck um yeah so but we yeah, both no, we were both though. um we were like we both we're very close to picking the Chargers, I think, for this one. Yeah, it was we, just, we were at least questioning the spread. Yeah, well, definitely. We were like, this is, I mean, it's in Kansas City, so I think we're both going to take the division home guy. Uh-huh. But, yeah, I mean, this was a, that was a really good game. I really enjoyed that one. Yeah, the because, uh, yeah, I just kind of watched back through this uh, before we started. And we do we did pick Eckler as a banger of the week at the running back we position. Did. He was he was your banger of the week for running backs. Yeah, he finished pretty high. Um, he got like fifty and fifty on the yardage and six catches and a touchdown. Was it wasn't the top back or anything, but he you know did pretty well when you break the twenty point threshold. That's pretty solid. Oh, I mean, in Fanduel, I won a bunch of money because I had the Herbert Eckler stack, so uh, I'm pretty happy about them. Nice. And then Mike Williams just keeps fucking balling, dude. He loves to beat up the Chiefs, doesn't he? Yeah, Jay Watt did tell us that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But a healthy Mike Williams is good. I love watching him. He's he's very solid, and like he makes some nutso plays sometimes. And it's just a matter of he plays so. Aggressively, aggressively that sometimes hard. yeah yeah that's sometimes he isn't, he isn't able to last longer through the season but <laughs> it's just been amazing while we've gotten it so love to see it yep next up we had new orleans at new england and this one was kind of a, a weird one um <laughs> we had a couple weird ones this week yeah so <laughs> the saints aren't gonna be as bad as i thought i don't think uh i'm not saying they're gonna be like super good but i think we'll get a classic you know what would have been seven and nine? I guess like eight and nine now. But a classic, I was gonna say six and eleven. Yeah, yeah, a classic little bit under five hundred team where they're not the worst in their division, but they're not winning their division. Right. And uh, so their defense is very like okay. So they did all their, all their coaches back. Um, their defense is weird with how they will and won't turn it on. <laughs> <laughs> it, like, we talked about them not making sense and hopefully them being predictable, but I don't know how predictable they're going to be. Um, they they did get some luck. I, I, I hate saying a team got lucky when they won. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying they benefited from an, they benefited from an oblong ball, I guess is the best way to put it, uh, in some <laughs> stances. So, Mac had three picks on the day, but he definitely played better than a three-pick game would indicate. Um, one was one that Jonu bobbled and like tossed to the right, right to the defender. Oh um, uh, yeah. And Jonu had a pretty rough game. Uh, yeah, he did. And then, uh, one was a meaningly score at the end, like literally like as the clock was expiring, trying to just get a touch on the board. So that, that essentially doesn't matter. Um, and then another was by PJ Williams. So you kind of know it had to be fluky. Um, <laughs> and he was hit as he threw there. So the ball like fell up short and didn't get through its full range of motion. Um, 
that that one, I guess you could say, is sort of on him because you know, as the quarterback, like you do need to step away from the pressure, but also sort of on the line too. Um, but yeah, the, the Saints did bring some pressure fairly well today. Um, it's like that was my point was that their pass rush had a good day. Um, a very good day. Yeah, and so that's the thing. Like when when their pass rush is on, they're gonna win. <laughs> because they could keep the other team from getting ahead and keep James from having to throw some because he made some really he made a couple really bad decisions and one <laughs> happened to be a touchdown that was just <laughs> buck wild but you know when they can limit that and let Kamara just carry like you did today um they'll win that's the name of the game yeah put in here two good o-lines two good coaches two good defensive uh, two good defenses and bad offensive weapons, except for the running backs. That's like they're both teams have that. Pretty much. Um, I put this is a game that will ultimately come down to running backs and special teams, which is a huge plus for the Saints that are going to try to use Camara as much as possible. I still thought the Patriots would get the win at home, uh, I, but I kind of expected this to be a little lower scoring with a lot of defense, a lot of running backs. They obviously just said, "All right, Jameis, do not throw." Mm-hmm. We are using Camara today. Just don't don't even throw. We're going to use the O line and we're going to use Camara, and they did, and it, it worked. <laughs> and part of that was because their pass rush was getting on Mac Jones like all day. Yeah. Um. I've I've seen some say, uh, some Patriots fans complaining about their O line, so I'll have to look into that because I went into the season thinking they were one of the best in the league, and that was certainly. They were certainly in that conversation, so I'm wondering if they have an injury or someone out there isn't playing quite as right. But Cameron Jordan was destroying them, and it was yeah. pretty pretty awesome to see, actually. That guy's awesome. Yeah, um, the Saints definitely <laughs> won in the trenches. They won in the trenches. And that'll usually get you the win. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. Patriots. So Mac Jones was actually the leading rusher on the day, and <laughs> that's not a good side. No, definitely not. And they um, did lose James White really early, unfortunately, to a hip, hip subluxation. Yeah, but. same thing Fitz had, which having two of those in a year is bonkers because I think it's, it's been a while since I've seen any of those. Right. And having two in the same year a couple weeks apart is pretty wild. And then Get you the surgery, this? James White. Get the surgery. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, because it's rough for him because he's, he's been going for a while, so you, you, you hope that's not like you know an ender for him. And then uh, you might, I think you mentioned Armstead is going to be out for a while uh, as well. Yeah, Teron Armstead is the left tackle, I believe. And he's, well, they have Ramcheck on the right. Yeah, a Teron Armstead, and he's got an elbow injury. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, because they, they were already missing McCoy, their center. And yep. so missing a center and a tackle is rough. So they got to hope they get uh, McCoy back soon. Because they had, what, Ruiz, I think, playing center? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think McCoy is now upgraded to questionable, gotcha. which is good. But Armstead's going to be out for a couple weeks. Yeah, it's a, cu- a couple of key injuries in this game, and then we saw the Patriots. Um, they did go to three receiver sets more. They where they lost James White early on. Um, so there, I'll, I'll go through their their snaps with the two tight ends because that was something we assume they do a lot of with Hunter Henry and Jonu. So their combined snap percentage in Week One was one seven or say one forty five percent. Uh week two it was one thirty one and then week three it was only uh one fifteen. Sorry, one fourteen. So it declined and you know, there is some wiggle to it, just you know how it's gonna the game's gonna go. But Kendrick Board was on the field a a pretty fair amount, about three quarters of the time and he got pretty like pretty involved. Which that was something I kind of expected with, with Mac Jones and Kendrick <laughs> Board. Like 
I was sort of expecting them to rift, uh, to riff. So, mm-hmm. and we saw Brandon Bolden get involved, but I <laughs> think we'll, it, which was, yeah, because James White got hurt. I think we'll see more JJ Taylor going forward. And I expect yes. Ramondre to be active going forward as well. And those guys to get some passing work. So, yeah, I think JJ Taylor picks up a lot of that is my expectation. There's a lot of hype for him in the off season, uh-huh. but with James White still there, he didn't really have a chance to, because I think he is sort of a receiving back, right? Oh yeah, for sure. He's like five, six. He's pretty short. Yeah. He's a receiving back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. He's someone yeah. I grabbed in PPR league where I'm very running back starved, hoping he'll pick up that role. Oh yeah. He's definitely worth a flyer. I think, because if mm-hmm. he is the next James White up in the offense, then he will have fantasy. Back. Yep. And White is out for the, for the year, right? Yeah, the year. So, big goof, big goof. But next up, we had... I barely even want to talk about it because it's going to make me upset. But we had uh, Falcons at Giants, which I did pick the Falcons, but I don't feel like I deserve this one. Can Um, I say really quickly just the amount of dropped interceptions and whatnot that the Giants had? Like, I didn't... I regretted, you know, regretted getting the pick wrong and taking the Giants, but I also felt kind of validated that they probably should have won. Even no, they, they should have. Because <laughs> <laughs> they also had some injuries throughout the game. Like, the Falcons didn't earn this win, per se. They were kind of gifted it. Well, and... they should be winning. Like, they should be winning that game by yeah. a good amount. Um, I don't need to go on the Pitts rant if you want to. But <laughs> yeah, so like he's been on the field a- enough that like so okay the concern coming into the year was like with Pitts in general for fantasy was like oh rookie tight ends usually don't work out and right there are a couple other concerns like oh how much will he play like how much is he gonna be in the spot this is that but he he played eighty four percent of the snaps last week and it's increased each week he's been getting his targets um he I think he's gotten a red zone looks most weeks um I'll take a gander real quick yeah he's gotten a red zone look each week so that's you know gotta be happy about that mm-hmm. but i don't know if anybody at all had you know under reasons for kyle pitts not working for fantasy i don't think anyone predicted oh the offense will feature mike davis and Cordell patterson <laughs> so listen i court okay Cordell patterson in his defense has been playing really well so i'm not like i'm not trying to shit on him but when you've also got calvin ridley and kyle pitts you you gotta get a little more going Right. And listen, the O line's been really bad too. Fucking what's his name? Mayfield has just been garbage. Um, yeah, yeah. And Matt Ryan is declining. Um, <laughs> I would say he has mildly declined after watching him. There are some throws that he just isn't making that I think he at one point did. Um, but he's ultimately still he's still probably like eighty five percent of himself. If, if, if I had to put a number to it. Like, I think he's still pretty solid. He's just, he has mildly regressed a bit. Yeah, he's, he's not he's not at Roethlisberger level yet. No, 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 no. no. But he, he's someone who didn't have, you know, elite arm strength or anything by any means, like, to start. I, I talked about him um, at times. Like, he, he's someone who was able to use good technique to compensate a lot for his arm strength and, or I guess lack thereof. And so, as he gets older and as it declines at all, it's going to be a, probably a kind of quick decline. We see some quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, slowly decline, but I think with Ryan, we'll see more of the cliff. And right. I, I hope, I hope this isn't it, but it may be so like, cause this team should be bad, which sounds weird to say, but I were there in the cap hell of like 
a ton of cap used up in dead cap and very low player dollar value in terms of you know um how like there, there are sites that all sign like values to players based on like how they produce and the falcons are in the really shitty spot of low value high spend so <laughs> this should be bad um grady jarrett had a really good game um they oh, got yeah. more they got some more pressure which that was kind of the hope um like that was kind of my reason for picking like okay like the giants o-line is obliterated and they've at least got there, grady yeah. yeah they've at least got grady jarrett and dante fowler like they gotta be able to do something mm-hmm. and they weren't able to do enough but yeah this i feel lucky getting this pick right but man are like arthur smith you gotta figure out some more shit man you gotta we we did see so I'll, like, on the giant side i'll i'll stop writing about the falcons for now there's gonna be plenty of that <laughs> um we saw Kenny Galladay and, and Daniel Jones get kind of on track, mm-hmm. and then that Evan was nice Ingram was yeah Evan Ingram was back too, and uh, Colin Johnson got seven targets with everyone going out, and so if if Gall sorry if uh, Slayton and Shepard do both miss, he and Tony are gonna have to step in in some capacity, and so the <laughs> they're very reluctant to use Tony right, which is weird, but. Jason Colin- Garrett's like, why did you give me this guy? What do I do with him? <laughs> Gosh, yeah. Colin Johnson's like a massive target. He's 6'6", 220. So he's a, a, you know, a safety blanket in the sense he's like almost a tight end. <laughs> yeah. Like size-wise. So we saw Daniel Jones look to him a lot this week. We might see that next week if um, if they all have, if uh, all the guys miss. So yeah. TBD. But yeah, I, man, I hope the, I hope this is just like some con to like bait teams into a certain game plan and like, haha, just kidding. Like, just kidding. Pitts is the feature. Yeah. Like, uh. The fact it, he didn't get targeted until literally the fourth quarter was yeah. the first time I saw him. I was them like, what the him. fuck is going on? 10 or 11 minutes. Design screens for him. Like, you're designing screens for Corderell Patterson. I'd say it that way because I always forget that there's two R's and two L's. <laughs> but yeah, like, design screens for fucking Kyle Pitts. That sounds like that's like a good plan, right? I think that's a good idea, right? So, like at uh, all, because then he was good on the last drive. They used him; he was good. Mm-hmm. It's like he could have been doing this previously. Like, like that's why they won. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, who they get next week? Washington. It's probably good. They're it's gonna be shitty. Like, you know, Washington's a road favorite, and then they get the Jets. I'm like, I, I hopefully they can get right against your Jets, man. I don't know. Oh yeah, hopefully. <laughs> if they can't, I don't know. But this game was, yeah, this game was painful to watch back then, man. I forced myself to watch it, though, because both teams are playing, uh, like, a matchup this week where I was like, I need a little insight. Mm -hmm. But, eh, yeah, gross. Next up, we had some more gross with Cincy at Pittsburgh. And a lot of injuries (laughs) coming in. Uh, Cincinnati was missing T. Higgins, and then Pittsburgh was missing, like, Watt and Deontay. Was there anyone else they were missing too? Well, they were missing Stefan Tuitt and Tyson Alualu. Yeah, uh, a lot TJ of Watt. I think Hayden did play. He was mm-hmm. fine. Um, but yeah, Steelers had a lot of injuries. And we were leaning Cincy, and we both did take Cincy. Once TJ Watt was ruled out, I saw he was on the decline Friday Yeah, I thought he play. was going to play, yeah. And I was like, ooh, uh-oh. It's Cincy time, and mm. we even hyped up our Bengals friend. Said, "Nah, man, the tides have turned. It's time. Since he's <laughs> going into Pittsburgh for the W, um, that was pretty nice to see. That's been a long time coming for Bengals fans, so I'm happy for them. Uh, ben and that O line, Jesus, 
Yeah, it's rough because like Ben is kind of <laughs> cooked, and then the line is bad, and so it just <laughs> compounds. Najee the line got, is overcooked. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Najee got 19 targets. Oh, yeah, so this game was also really bad for the Steelers injury-wise during uh-huh. the game and not just going into it because they lost, I think, They lost Claypool Juju partway through. And Juju. Did, did, I, did, I, think, the, I, I did Claypool play at all? Because he got, he got 15 targets, so I assume he, he was He did, but I think he left the game, too, at the very end. I gotcha. don't think it was super injury. It was just, like, he's a little banged up. Gotcha, gotcha. Because, um, yeah, because Juju yeah. got hurt early enough. Yeah, he only played 40% of the snaps. And so. no Deontay, right? Yeah. So they so, had to play Ray Ray McLeod. Exactly. At the end of the game there, it was just Roethlisberger to Harris. He yeah. accrued, what, 15 targets in like the fourth quarter? It was ridiculous. It was absurd, yeah. Najee <laughs> hit that 100-yard receiving bonus for him on DK. It was fucking wild. And then Roethlisberger hit that 58 attempt mark, which, like I talked about, you know, reeling back on that high attempt projection but that's gonna happen sometimes when teams are able to you know put pressure on them which the Bengals defense has definitely stepped up some this year too um, they look better they look they look pretty solid yeah so i saw the Bengals are last in early down pass rate this year which is kind of hilarious given how they were last year i mean they were trailing a lot last year but you you know you'd think okay you know burrow chase well not higgins this week and boyd You'd pass a lot, but they've been giving it a lot to Joe Mixon. So, yeah, Mixon was one of my like he might have a really good week, and I think he had a good one. I don't think he had a yeah. bang. He got though. he got ninety yards. Yeah, just just ninety yards. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't huge on the running backs here because like I just thought you know defensive struggle, but they both sort of got there in weird ways. More I guess Najee especially in PPR or on DraftKings. So pretty pretty weird game. But and then Chase has been the real deal for sure. Um, watching the Steelers try to run still, though, with Harris was really painful. <laughs> all all I, I his value is Harris the air. could not get any production on the ground by the end of the game. He had to catch the ball to do Yeah, I think I saw something where I couldn't remember if it was on the year or just that week, but like 70% of his rushes have been him getting hit at or behind the line. Yep. So real, real, real rough there for him. Yeah, the Steelers are just in shambles on the O-line, and I, they probably really wish they had... You know, taking a lineman in the first round, maybe who knows? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, whatever. So, pretty gross. Pretty gross uh, outing there for the Steelers, and then uh, we had Arizona at Jacksonville. This one, I guess you could file it under weird because both teams had a non-offensive touchdown. So we've got like four or five for weird now. Yeah, I'll, a lot I'll of weird it. ones. Yeah, because Jacksonville got the lead um, to end the half because they went for. I think 60, like, eight-yard field goal with Prater. And then oh, Agnew, yeah. Yeah, Agnew returned it, like, the whole entire field, 109-yard return. So Jamal Agnew will be in the record books, uh, tied for longest return ever for a touchdown. Yep. That was but, cool to see. Yeah, that was that was a really good return. And a Jackson Jacksonville needed it, even though, they, even though they didn't win. It was a morale boost, you know? Yeah, going to the half with that. Oh, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people were talking about, like, James Conner maybe getting there. And uh, he did, but it was, I guess, probably not how people expected. It was more so him just, like, slamming in, finishing drives as opposed to, like, them getting ahead really early and him running it. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, the Cardinals also benefited from a return touchdown, but we, we saw a good James Robinson game, though. We did, which was also nice to see because mm-hmm. he was just not being used whatsoever. Um, so that's good. Yeah, Positive he- things. I think Jacksonville is improving as the season goes on. 
Yeah, they they will for sure. Um, I mean, brand new to NFL coach, you know, new quarterback, a lot a lot of turnover, and it's gonna be interesting to see. Uh, we'll be previewing it shortly, but how they do against the Bengals, um, that'll be kind of a good test on okay, how much are they actually improving? Because we've seen the Bengals definitely take some strides here too. But Mar- Marvin Jones is definitely Lawrence is number one. My guy. Yeah, so Marvin. are they just not using Chark right? I I'm they're they're just like not riffing a lot of like either miss or drop or whatever he did get a touchdown this game but it saved his fantasy day though uh-huh for sure I'm wondering like because I, I guess it makes sense and this is something we talked about too with Shark was missing all that time in the preseason training camp everything with Lawrence like he was out with a finger injury mm-hmm. so he did not get any time really at all to mesh with Trevor and so Marvin Jones became his guy. My guy. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we we did see Robinson get six catches this week, which that was a lot of like what made him valuable last year was he was involved in the passing game. Hyde still stole some rushes, but you know, they they ran the ball effectively. They did. Uh, Cardinals defense has come down to earth a little bit. Um, they I think they had two sacks, but you know yeah, with they got, what they saw week one, you'd expect a little more against yeah, they, Jacksonville. They got three sacks, two picks, and that touchdown. So opportunistic again, but mm-hmm. they get the Rams next week, so there probably won't be a lot of opportunities. Right. Mm-hmm. Byron Murphy's been playing out of his mind, but this is the Rams now. Yeah, the <laughs> the Cardinals secondary, like one of the things coming in was like them being pretty suspect. And like you say, yeah, Byron Murphy's played well, but they're I think you know, Robert Alford's been solid, but I think he might be playing, you know, a bit over his head. For Robert Alford, so you're not trying to like dump on the guy, but no, yeah, I mean they test. have Buda Baker and Byron Murphy. That half of the secondary is good, but then it's the strong safety in the other corner where you're like, well, yeah, the cornerbacks. <laughs> the, so the corners are helped a lot by the safeties and linebackers. Like mm-hmm. having Zayvon Collins and Isaiah Simmons in front of you, and then um, Buda Baker behind you, and Jalen Thompson playing well too. Like, and then you know, Chandler Jones and TJ Waters or JJ Watt up front. Like the rest of the defense is good enough to help mask any corner issues a lot of times. But right. yeah, the the Rams might test that a bit more next week. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. And then to start off the uh, 4 p.m. games, we had the Jets at Denver. Fucking yikes. So I'll, I'll, I'll let you go on this one. That's it. You know, it's your team. Well, I took the Jets because I had to, but uh, <laughs> I picked them to win before the season started, and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to stick with it. <laughs> um, even though officially, like, I bet 27-20 Broncos <laughs> <laughs> on on any and all sites, but I was like, you know, I'm going to just go out here for the Jets. They are, their offense, man, is just not, not coming together right now. Um, part of it's their O-line. The O-line is allowing a... Pretty much allowing Wilson to have the highest amount of pressure in the league, if I'm not mistaken, um, which is unfortunate. I know Becton being out affects that, but, you know, you lose one lineman, it shouldn't drop to the worst in the league and then go back up to being good. So they have definitely some questions there. It's mostly their interior line play. I think their right tackle's been fine, but uh, McGovern and what's-his-face at right guard right now are not having a great season. Uh, Greg Van Roten, I think. But... Positives, uh, Jets' defense is good. It is pretty good. Uh, I don't know if that's just the Sala effect or what, but 
they're playing pretty well. They're not losing these games by as much as they should. <laughs> when you throw that many picks as you have, I mean, four picks in two weeks for Wilson, basically. You know, you should be getting blown out, and they're not. Their offense is literally just not moving the ball whatsoever. They, yeah. can't, they can't do anything. They've they've been holding teams to a lot. Of, like, oh, There's been so many field goals against the Jets. Is that going to be our thing, like play your kickers versus the Jets? Cause, like, I would say unless you're the Chiefs or a really good <laughs> offense, yeah, probably. Any middle, any middling like offensive team, like you should probably start your kicker versus the Jets. Yeah, we talked about it last week. We're like, wait, did the Patriots kick like four field goals? And then this week, Broncos kicked four field goals. Yep, and then next week's the Titans, which that one might be one of those offenses where... It, it, well, they might be hurt enough that they kick a lot of field goals. Well, that's actually true, too. If we don't get Julio back at the least. Yeah. yeah. If Julio and Brown are out, it's going to be rough. But So uh, that's the good take here that we did get a take is to start your kickers versus the <laughs> Their Ultimate defense is matchup. good enough, but they're always going to be on the field. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's unfortunate situation for them. Uh, we did have some, I guess, injury notes. More Elijah Moore got concussed, so keep an eye on him. Crowder's still been out. Apparently, he'd re-aggravated something, so I don't know how long he'll miss. And then on the other side, uh, Hamler tore his ACL. So they're now down a lot of receivers. It's pretty much just Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, and then, of course, you know, no fan. But Tim Patrick was the one with a good day uh, in this game. Yeah, Hamler was getting the targets, but he went up for, I mean, it was in true form. It was a hospital pass, to say the least, from Teddy. And he... It floated, it sailed, and there were three jets there that just clobbered him, and he came down, and it was, yeah. Really? Yeah. It's one of those where you feel bad when you're the team, when you're rooting for the team that causes the injury, but when it's very, very clean, and there's really nothing your team did wrong other than taking advantage of a really just open hospital pass, it's yeah. kind of like, well, I feel bad, but I don't feel, like, personally guilty. Mm-hmm. That attracts, yeah. And then... Yeah. Um, I guess continuing with the game, we saw Michael Carter lead the backfield. There weren't, you know, a lot of touches, but he led it. And then the Broncos, more more split with uh, Gordon and Williams. Gordon got more touches, but we did see Williams get three for thirty-three through the air, which was nice. And then I think Williams fumbled, if I recall, but they both they yeah, did both get uh, touchdowns. Yeah. So, but yeah, touchdowns for both of them. It was nice. But, to yeah, see. the fumble the fumble was pretty late. It was when it was already, you know. 23 nothing so yeah not really a huge deal <laughs> hey 27 20 at least i got like part of the score right <laughs> i just got the broncos half <laughs> rip rip it i'm yes. not i will say i'm not down on wilson now they're they're letting him just kind of go yeah they're just letting him learn they it's need like, to hey. figure things out with their play calling they need a lot of things to figure out i'm not sinking the ship um and i'm not out on wilson yet but their offense is bad yeah <laughs> Yeah, he's going to rack up so many picks and, like, have a statistically probably horrible season. Probably. But yeah, there's it's not like there's not going to be any reason to jump ship. Like, the organization's tied to him for sure. Like, they're just uh, they're accepting that it's going to be rough. I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you would really hope they're not going to jump ship. I don't. I think they're. I think they're past that as an organization, hopefully. So, next up, we had the Dolphins and Raiders. Mm. And this one, I think... I think this is another weird game. Um, <laughs> it was weird, but it wasn't unexpected because no, it was it was Raider, it was fading for the Raiders. I think right. Well, yeah, the, 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 Dolphins the have Raiders. a great defense. 
um, and they just don't really have an offense or an offensive line. Yeah, they've got they've got a great I'll say secondary. Um, their run D on the other hand is one yeah. we, we kind of talked about targeting, and I had Raiders run game as like a banger, but I did not expect it to be <laughs> Peyton Barber. Peyton Barber going twenty three carries, one hundred eleven yards, and a touchdown, along with three for thirty one through the air on five targets. Like I thought we'd get a little more Kenny Drake, but. I guess it was just Peyton Barber day, which was fucking hilarious. Um, and then I was glad to see Edwards and Ruggs are taking very nice year two leaves. And Renfro's route running is fucking dope. So Isn't he awesome? I love yeah, that they've, guy. They've actually got three receivers that like seem like they're doing well, and obviously with Waller. So like the Raiders offense is good, which I was unsure of, especially with the O-line. We did see the Dolphins get, you know, three sacks on him, get some pressure on Carr. Um I worry about, although I guess you could say this with any team, I worry about when they have to face, like, a really strong defense. Like, I think the Broncos might end up matching really well against them um, when that matchup comes, but we'll get there when we get there. Um, the Dol- the Dolphins, they didn't really have any business being in this game, but they brought it to OT, so, you know, congrats there. We saw most of it go to Gusecki and Waddle. Um Gasecki played really fucking well. I mean, there, we, we were concerned a little bit after week one where he didn't play much. He just but, didn't have many snaps week one. It was yeah, weird. Yeah, uh-huh. but he, he quickly became uh, the guy when they needed any sort of like remotely big play. And uh, he had that he had that like fourth and 20 grab that, you know, saved them. And then Waddle's day was hilarious. I don't know if anyone expected us to see Jalen Waddle getting 12 for 58, but he, you know, he's just getting so open so quickly. Yeah. And just check down, check down, check down. So it worked out for you in PPR. So the way this game went, so Miami got their lead, but so th- this was, I'll call it, uh, there's a, there was a lot of bad to it. The, the yep. play call, the play design, Jalen Waddle's positioning on the field and Jacoby Brissett's decision to throw it to him in that position on the field. So Waddle, you, you gotta you gotta be out of the end zone when you're setting up for a screen. You can't <laughs> be in in your own end zone waiting for a screen. Uh, Jacoby, don't throw that uh, if he's there. And Dolphins, don't call that. Uh, <laughs> there's a lot wrong with that. Everyone um, gets a piece of the blame pie on that one. Yeah, and so you know Miami had a safety. They had they had some dumb penalties. And I say dumb. They had like personal foul penalties like actually dumb penalties like them being dumb um and then the raiders you know started getting some pressure i guess that battle line got their offense going got the lead and then they proceeded to blow that with some dumb penalties <laughs> of their own and uh you know this, this game started going back and forth and they you know I'm, I'm happy about it but they got bailed out by what i it was a no call on a PI that probably should have been called on Will Fuller that would have lost the game, but they kind of looked out a bit, which again, in general, I'm usually cool with that. And as a Raiders fan, I'm definitely cool with that. Um, <laughs> but at a hundred, like it totally could have been called with no real uh, pushback, I think. Yeah. And so it was OT was like Raiders field goal, Dolphins field goal, Raiders field goal. And so I, I got to thinking, I was like, you know, that's kind of shitty, right? Like, that's a dumb way for a game to end. Like, because the rule is okay. You know, if the, if team one gets a field goal, team two can, you know, go back and try again as well. Right. And so if team two gets a field goal, okay, you know, team one gets it back. 
But why should it be, okay, if Team 1 gets a field goal again, they win? You know, I know the time the time expired, but I'm like, should there be more time? Should there not be time? <laughs> like, because going field goal, field goal, field goal, and like winning because you won a coin flip, that's, that's you know, again, the Raiders benefited from it, so I'll take it, obviously. But I'm like, that's kind of dumb. Like, that doesn't feel fair. It is kind of so. dumb, because... I mean, you get the field goal, the other team gets a field goal, then you get one and it's over, you win. When Yeah. It, it's it's, la- it's literally the just team bad luck. would have gotten a field goal as well. Yeah. Just, it's just unfortunate. That's literally a coin flip. So Yeah. Yeah. What so fix it, NFL. First? Yeah. Fix, fix your overtime rules. Um, don't do like college does and make it like fucking red zone offense back and forth. But yeah. So Raiders offense is good. Uh, their defense is inconsistent. But they have potential. It's got like, some pieces, but it, yeah, it's, it's a little inconsistent. Yeah, because they've got, um, you know, NASA's been playing well. They've got Crosby's been balling out. They've got like Hayward. They've got enough there. They'll have good weeks, but I think Perryman a, was a good add too. Oh yeah, for sure. But they've got enough guys who are uh, liabilities at best at times. That um, I'll fucking what's his name? Their first round pick, Arnett. He's so bad. Oh, Arnett, yeah. Arnett is terrible. Damon um, Arnett. Yeah, and Leather was been pretty bad too. Again, he's a rookie, so I'll you know I won't be too quick to judge. But that was a pretty rough pick in the draft. So the Raiders, man, early picks, no late picks. It's like the Drake thing where it's like first round pick. He's like, uh, no, the, right, know, no, 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 late no. picks. Ah, hey, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, the Miami hey, run D is win. terrible though. Yeah, Miami run D is very bad. Very, very, very Miami's bad. line play. Oh, good lord! Yeah, they they're not good always with lose the, the run trenches. or against it. No, but I do got to say, Jacoby, well done. Uh, yeah, he's the he's he's the best backup in the league, right? Right? No, he is. We were. I mean, we talked about like uh-huh. he is the most competent backup in the league. Tua being out is not as devastating as it would be for other teams. Yeah. Hey, you know, you know who they play next week. The Colts. Oh, no. oh, he gets okay. a revenge game. Revenge, Jacoby Brissett revenge game. <laughs> Gotta put the brisket on the grill. That's right, baby. So, yeah, but I'm sorry, I, I kind of took over that review. Do you have anything else to add? Um, I don't think so. It was just a. It was one of those uh, games where it's like one team fumbles and the other team picks it up and trips yeah. and drops it, and the other team picks it up and. Runs into another player and drops. They just fumble back and forth. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was one of those games where both teams simultaneously threw and earned and didn't earn. It was like oh, there was a lot, and so I just had a lot to say about this game. <laughs> Counts as a win. Yep, wins a win. Just win, maybe. Um, yeah, just win, baby. <laughs> and we picked them, so we were happy. Yes, that also <laughs> a fan and picked them. So but yes. Next up, we had the Rams beating. The bad man in the Bucks. Oh man, I had to watch this game twice. <laughs> so good, just watching Brady lose. Yeah, this is the one so I got strange. to see the. I got to see the most of this in like real time of these one and four p.m. games because oh, I was uh, traveling back during some of it. So our take of uh, if Grady Jarrett can get in Brady's face, what the fucking Aaron Donald do to him seemed to be pretty yep. good because <laughs> Aaron Donald was in his face. Mm-hmm. Oh baby, yeah. Rams. Rams honestly kind of beat the shit out of him. No, they they did, and one of the things we mentioned was they McVeigh game planned well against the Bucks last year and won with Goff. Like, 
if it's the same Bucks team and now you're the Rams with Stafford, Stafford. like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh-oh. Mm-hmm. That was so good to see. Oh, it made me so happy. Oh, yeah. I, I loved it. Both Just, loved it. Oh, it was so good. Yeah. So good. Cooper Cup, man. Cooper fucking Cup is balling out. Yeah, he, he is. kept rolling. He is. I, I need. I'll check the gap, but he is. I believe by a large margin. So he is so in PPR. He's at like ninety one point two. Okay. Mike Williams is at seventy seven point five, and then Tyler Lockett's at sixty four point nine. So there's Cup, big gap. Mike Williams, big gap, and then everyone else. Damn. Which is wild, but hey. Okay, so I'm sure you saw the thing where someone was like, let's not pretend that Cooper Cup's not a top 10 wide receiver. And let's get this straight, because Cooper Cup is awesome, and we love him, and he is a great wide receiver. But there are, like, 20 top 10 wide receivers. That's Yeah, that was our preseason issue, was how many guys were so good. (laughs) Like, are you going to put Cooper Cup in the same category as Devontae Adams, uh, Fucking DeAndre Hopkins, potential, you know, DK Metcalf, uh, Justin, Je- like all of these. Yeah, when you go through the list, it gets hard. It gets really tough to put him in the top 10. Okay. So, uh-huh. you know, maybe he is, but he's in, let's just say he is in very good company. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Like he's playing really well. He's really good. But I'm imagining, okay, like if that's Chris Godwin instead of Cooper Cup. He's right. doing that as well. Like, would you take Keenan Allen over Cooper Cup? Or, like, I guess if I start, would you take Cooper Cup over Keenan Allen? No, I, wouldn't. I wouldn't, no. <laughs> and I, Cup is still young, and we could say, like, his benefit of that is, like, he's still ascending. But it's, it's just a really great match. Mm-hmm. And he's being elevated as well. Like, okay, he's playing well. He and Stafford are elevating each other. This, you know, this team is elevating everything it's just a very nice environment yeah it's a it's great Mm -hmm. (laughs) no yeah because like we both like cup but yeah i'm not gonna act like he's you know he's not top like he's a he's been a great fantasy receiver and he's a really good receiver but he's not we can we can go through it if we want um but i don't i I think we would probably establish he's not top 10 yeah you get to like 12 or so and then you start picking guys that you would actually take Cup over, uh-huh. or even more than that. But yeah, he is in this conversation of being one of the better wide receivers in the league. Yeah, um, like I, I would give top twenty, but right, absolutely, definitely top twenty, top ten. That's tough. Uh huh. And part of that was, you know, we mentioned this matchup without Sean Murphy bunting there um, mm-hmm. for the Buccaneers. Their slot game is a little bit weak, and we were like, well, this is a prime prime little stage for more cooper cup and that is what we got mm-hmm. so I was, I'm, I'm looking through a list i'm like i could pretty quickly find 10 receivers that i i would say most people could agree are better than cooper cup because <laughs> like okay tyler lockett okay like okay i know we're pretty high on tyler lockett but i i believe he's better than cooper cup i know that one's tough okay if so you, if we'll, you were asking me like would you take cup over lockett my answer would be no yeah okay so they're, well, I guess we can say tie maybe, but Devontae for sure. Chris Godwin. Um, Debo, is, that's a tougher one. Uh, I would take Cup. Yeah. Justin Jefferson will take him over Cup. DJ Moore, I would take DJ Moore over Cup. I think DJ Moore is a little underrated because he doesn't score touchdowns all the time, but. Mm-hmm. Um, that's probably about where I would tie him. Gotcha. 
Sad. But I also, but you know, he's also probably at the top of some list right now when he's probably, you know, in that ten to twenty range. Uh huh. Yeah, there's there's a very big cluster because there's like a clear sum top. So Keaton Allen, we said already over him. Tyreek Hill. Yep. DK. Yep. Um, I would say Terry McLaurin. Yep. Um, DeAndre Hopkins. Yep, Hopkins. How many is that? <laughs> eight, I think we're at. We're already at eight. Yeah. Um. Well, like Lamb and Cooper depends where you put them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I've not even gone through a list. And like, you know, what about Michael Thomas when he comes back? Like I was, I was looking through like a list of, you know, fantasy scoring, but is, is he near top 10? We could, we can argue that, but I, it's, I can't say he is definitively in it. No, I can't either. And that's not a slight to him. No, that, that's the just thing. a shit ton of fucking top 10 wide receivers. Yeah, because I remember in the offseason, we talked about, like, ADP, and I'm like, yeah, this guy's going at, like, 27. We're like, what? And then we're like, wait, but here's who's ahead of him. And we're like, oh, uh, yeah, uh-huh. okay. Exactly. Like, oh, yeah. actually, that makes sense. Yeah. Would you Alan rather Robinson, have... yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, A-Rob, he's in a shitty situation, but he's better. Um, What about, like, Jerry Judy? Well, I would take Cup, probably. Cut, take because Cup, I yeah. Just, yeah. I just haven't More seen it yet. yet from Judy, but yeah. So... Anyway, again, not trying to dump on Cup, but... I just think there's a misconception about how many, like, people just boldly proclaiming, this guy's a top 10 something. It's like, well, there's a lot of top... There's, like, 20 top 10 guys, so yeah. who are you picking here? <laughs> and there's a lot of jumbles. I, 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 I said, like, we're not dumping on Cup. My brain went combined dumping and Cup, mm-hmm. and I remembered that two girls, one Cup exists. Yep. So. Sorry. Yeah. I think a lot of people have, have made that fantasy name, right? Two girls will like cup, like K-U-P-P. Oh, definitely. Uh-huh, uh-huh. But anyway, enough Cooper Cup discussion. Uh, Deshaun <laughs> Jackson had a fun time this game. He did. That was, oh, man. He's still fast as fuck, isn't he? Yeah, we thought it'd be weak. He's, he's also still BMing before he scores, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> like, swiggling around before he gets in the end zone. Classic Deshaun Jackson. There. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Are, when are we going to get uh, Robert Woods game? Is that going to happen eventually? Oh, it'll happen. Um, It'll probably be against Arizona, to be honest. Yeah, because they get uh, yeah Arizona, Seahawks, Giants, Lions, Texans, Titans. Oh, God, take your pick. Yeah, like there is a That's lot of – there's enough good matchups for him coming up in a while that, damn, yeah, their, their schedule is kind of easy, huh? Oh, my goodness. Well, not easy, Man. sorry. The next two games are not easy by any means. No, but, but secondary-wise, yeah. easy passing matchup. Taking Stafford in fantasy was probably for whoever yeah. did that. And then Niners, they're hurt. Packers, Jags, Cardinals, Seahawks, Vikings, Ravens. Dude, they're secondary. They, they don't face, like, any good secondaries the rest they of the fucking year, dude. Baltimore's not going to be healthy this year. Uh, they yeah. literally do not play a good secondary this year. So, I guess, huh. yeah, hold cup because it's got to stay. And I would I would say by Woods because I don't he's not going to continue just being this bottom for a while I don't think like no the secondaries are streaks. easy enough yeah it's what'd you say say he'll have streaks yeah wow yeah <laughs> not like their whole schedule is just bad secondary after yeah. bad secondary Staff, Stafford MVP this year is are the Giants the best secondary they play against <laughs> no, I, I mean the Ravens are. might be. Just because even though they're hurt, they still have enough talent there. Well, like, the Giants have Bradbury and Adoree Jackson. <laughs> Adoree Jackson, but I like to say Adoree. <laughs> yeah. um, and Logan Ryan. I think 
the Giants and the Ravens are the best they play this year. And <laughs> the Ravens have half for starting second. Wow. Man. <laughs> Go get Stafford. I don't care if they're selling high. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, I don't want to say buy high, but, I, okay, Cup's not going to continue this pace, but if someone is, you know, selling high on Cup, but still a value, you know, it's hard to say, but... I would say Woods is probably your target. Like, go buy low on Woods. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to probably do that after this. Yeah, it's a good I'm call. Gonna, I'm going to send out Robert Woods trades as many places as I can. Because there's <laughs> no fucking way this it only goes to cup the whole season. No. So, yeah. He anyway, might, He um, might not ever dip, but he will spread. Yeah, but Tampa side. Um, <laughs> they were also in this game. Um. Evans ends up leading them and receiving this game. Oh, there's no uh, AB. He'll be back this week. Um, sounds like Geo got a ton of work because they got behind. And uh, I thought so. I thought they would use Fournette more in the passing game. Um, mm-hmm. But I guess once you get so behind, it becomes Geo time. I guess. Yeah. Uh, which uh, he got hurt, and I think Gronk got hurt at some point in this game too, if I recall. Gronk. That it was kind of a scary hit for Gronk. Um, he went up for a pass, and he didn't come down right. Yeah, um, I'm looking through the snaps. So Bray is like definitely the next guy up over yeah, OJ. Yeah, because they just hate OJ Howard for some fucking reason. But I don't get it. Uh, yeah. Oh, so they Bray, think Gronk will be fine. It was a rib injury, so he'll play gotcha. through that. Yeah. So probably fine. But yeah, so if, if for some reason he does miss, whether now or later, um, yeah, the the guy behind him is uh, Bray. So and, and Bray uh, Bray gets snaps anyway. So. Oh, for sure. I was going to say, Bernard has a mild MCL sprain, I think. Yeah, so he's got a chance to play again, but, you know, keep an eye out. Yes, he'll, he'll be P- definitely PPR viable in high-scoring matchups, but it's always tough to predict the pa- the Bucks. Uh, so I said Patriots, I was looking at their matchup next <laughs> week, uh, the Bucks getting behind much. Yeah, that was one of the yeah. only games we picked for them to lose this year, and I think that's yep. probably going to be right on track. Yeah, so that was one of the preseason picks, and a couple of injuries to the Bucks made that you know easy to stay on it. So yeah. Next up, we had Seattle at Minnesota, and we picked Seattle. Um, there was a lo- like, so I'm not like trying to like you know boast on a miss, but I was definitely unsure of this one, and we did see Minnesota like actually get their win finally. <laughs> yeah, things went their way. Yeah, Seattle secondary, man. Is bad, huh? Yeah, so I was watching it, and I was like, who is this number two guy? He's getting just, like, pwned every play. <laughs> and it was Reed, uh, so he's bad uh, at the moment. Diggs is playing poorly. Um, like, Adams is mostly a box safety, so even if he plays well, it doesn't necessarily help their, you know, pass coverage a ton. And so... Right. Yeah, and then their tackling was bad, and so... Like, and we saw Derrick Henry had, like, that crazy game. And, like, I think you can just attack Seattle however for now. Now, I do I trust them to fix some shit? Yeah, yeah. they usually do fix some shit. But until they fix their shit, um, they are that. So, yeah. <laughs> right until about the time the Falcons start putting their defense together is when, like, the Seahawks do the same every year. Uh-huh. They just start, you know, it's like... <laughs> They just start figuring things out. Seahawks, I think they just, Pete Carroll just kind of gets his defense playing to their best that they can do, which I think is a good quality as a head coach. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But yeah, they weren't good this game. Oh my lord. That was yeah, a fun I, game though. Oh my goodness. I, uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Madison looked really good. Um, you know, he he and Cook resemble each other on the field, like appearance wise, but he definitely did his best cook impression play wise. Like his decision making got a lot better as far as like, you know, hitting the right holes, knowing when to cut, like break it in or out, all that stuff. So he looked really solid. And uh Kurt Cousins. Mr. Plexiglass is playing really, really well. He is. He's playing damn well. Yeah, like last season and this year, he's he's been on a hot streak. So. so I don't remember who I was watching, but they were talking about how Kirk Cousins is one of the few quarterbacks that's good at rolling out to their left. Do you remember who that was? I don't. Oh, like who said that? No. Yeah. Someone said that, and it wasn't something I'd ever noticed, but it is pretty, it is actually true. He is one of the few quarterbacks that, can actually roll out to his left and do completed throws. He's, I mean, look, we, we shit on Kirk Cousins because he's an idiot, but um, <laughs> we also expected him to be the quarterback even when they drafted RG3 because he just, like, <laughs> the year they took him, we we're like, why are they taking him? He can be a starter. Um, and it ended up working out for Washington because they needed that. But, <laughs> hey, you know, that offense, it's full of weapons. We're just hoping they can all stay on the field. Yeah, this as as long as they are all there, they're good. And then like they got a lot of their guys they missed last week. Minnesota they had a lot of guys missing on defense. They got them back. Mm-hmm. And uh, the Seattle line struggled some this game too. Um, there there are a couple times minute like okay, so I know sometimes sacks are like a QB issue, and Russ had like he does hold the ball for a while at times because he's they're trying to make something happen. But th- oh, there were there were a lot of pressures that were the fault of the Seattle line that happened pretty quickly this game. Yeah. And so, yeah, they, they, they got overmatched by the Vikings for sure. That was definitely a large part of why they stalled out in the second half. Yeah. Because DK had that bomb and I'm like, yes, DK week. I called it. Yeah, was, I mentioned it balling. on the pod too. And then he really just didn't do much in the whole second half. Yeah. Like they got nothing going in the second half. Like Carson had like a good long run. DK was doing well. And then just into the pooper. Yeah, and it, it was it was a lot of you know the line play. Yeah, which is it's long been a worry for Seattle. Um, having Gabe Jackson there has helped, but it is still a problem. Uh huh. And then also, uh, don't don't call running back screens on third and nineteen, uh, Pete or uh, whoever <laughs> the fuck it is, Shane Waldron. Shane Waldron. Yeah, I, I saw I saw a really long, uh, you know, third down them throw a screen this was second and a half that, that happened i'm like this this is where it went downhill like that was literally the mark of when seattle just started losing yep like that's fucking carbon when you do dumb shit like that like try act, actually try to don't try to get better punt position like er, no, no one like h- hardly ever do you actually get the first down there you're literally just getting some better fucking punt position some bullshit um right. yeah tyler conklin had himself a game too which minnesota was very openly into him and mm-hmm. he was going to get work even if Irvin, uh, sorry, um, Irv Smith, well, Irv Smith were healthy. <laughs> and um, now that it's just Conklin, he's getting a ton of, he got a ton of work this week. So it's, it's probably going to be him or Osborne, it seems like, yeah. most weeks. But yeah. Osborne got, still had one though, right? Um, Yeah, he still got a couple targets. He, he didn't get a touchdown, but uh, Thielen still kept his touchdown streak. But yeah, we got, we got the DK Justin Jefferson weeks finally. So they got back on track. About time. 
They did have one play that I wanted to scrutinize. So they were up 10. I think they were up 10, uh, the Vikings. And they went for the field goal to go up 13. And they were at, the, they were at like, 4th and six. Uh, oh, yeah, I had that. <laughs> and yeah. I was like, you know, I understand taking the field goal to go up 13, I guess. Like, but... I understand the field goal in the context of you're at fourth and six, but you're at the goal line and going up 13 as opposed to 10 doesn't really help much. You're way better going up 17 to really put the game away. Going up 13, you still lose by two touchdowns. Like, you go up 17, they have to get three scores. They have to. So, like, it doesn't really do anything. To go for the kick oh, there. I'm trying to remember who. Like, there was another team that did that, but it might have been this one where I didn't write it down because of the score. Right. I think there was one other team that also did that where it was like, wait, why did you just go up that amount? Exactly. So. So sometimes game script is, Cowboys, is one thing, that. but it just, you know, the, the the score matters too. Yeah. It's <laughs> it's Russell Wilson. Like, you don't, you know, you don't ever have you don't have the game until it's like pretty much zeros and there was still this was like seven minutes left at that point too there was still enough time seven minutes is plenty of time for russell wilson to come back and beat you so and your offense has been playing well go for it yeah if you miss it you're still up 10 so he has to get two touchdowns to win and if you get it then you're up 17 he needs to get two touchdowns and a field goal ah Matt. That was just my my little rant on being oh, yeah, overly we, conservative. No, yeah, that I loved uh, how the Chargers played, um, especially at the end of the game. A lot of coaches, so they were going for it on. Like, so it was like tied at twenty four, and they were going for it on fourth and four to like get to to win. Um, and they got a false start, and it was fourth and nine. A lot of coaches would not have tried to keep going at that point. But Staley did and, like, went for it, got it, got the touchdown, they got the win. But I was like, you know, I, li- I like that. Because, yeah, plenty of coaches would have just shelled up and not done it. Because yep. they could, they you know, fourth and four at the KC 30, you know, feel a doable field goal there. But they're like, no, we're going to keep going. It's Mahomes on the other side. Like, a field goal is essentially useless at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You have to take that into consideration. Mm-hmm. But yeah, next up we had a uh, Sunday night game, Green Bay at San Fran. And oh, baby. this turned into a game. Um, I'm sure most people are aware of how it ended with, you know, Aaron <laughs> Rodgers uh, being petty and beating the team that passed on him. Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> yeah. What a hell of a throw. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's so good. And yeah, like, this was, uh, yeah. Oh, you got to cover Devontae on that last drive, man. <laughs> they just let him open. <laughs> Fucking A, that secondary so hurt. Anyway. Yeah, San Fran's pretty banged up. Um, but, this one yes, went yeah. on a similar sort of traje- ah, trajectory for me as like the Bills game. I started out thinking San Fran was going to kill him. And then as the week went on, I was like, you know, there's a pretty big problem here in San Fran that I think the Packers can actually get this. And that's. I, around Friday, when I was putting in all of my updated sort of picks, that was ended up switching to Green Bay because of that. Um, mm. Namely, their defense is really beat up, and I think Green Bay's defense is trash, and I think they will continue to be trash, and I'll continue to shit on them. But 
San Fran's defense is also really banged up. And if you're taking, you know, Jimmy G and coach that refuses to play his best players against Aaron Rodgers, I'm going to take Aaron Rodgers. Uh, (laughs) I just, it just seemed like the perfect storm for Rodgers to get his revenge in a format where he (laughs) actually (laughs) could. Yeah. Uh, With the other big thing being the Niners run game and so many of their people being inactive uh, or hurt, uh, so to speak. Mm -hmm. I want to say Sermon still had a good game. Um, yeah, he, what he, got, he got 10 for 31 a touchdown, so, like, decent. Like, the touchdown yeah. got you there. But, yeah, like, normally Niners, the run game is their whole thing. They set up these really awesome run-blocking schemes and just get their whole offense moving. It doesn't matter really who the running back is as long as they can, you know, effectively complete the scheme there for them. Yeah. Uh, and they just didn't have people really to do that. So what I wanted to see was Trey Lance coming in to help remedy that, and they did it a little bit. But not enough. I want to see a little more. Yeah. So they're what scratching are the... the surface, but they need to break it open. Yeah, and I think we both like we mentioned the Marlon Mack to Niners thing, and like that would make so much sense for this team for sure. But uh, so you mentioned him not playing the best players. So I did finally get into the end zone. Finally, they let him week. on the field. Yeah, they let him <laughs> on the field. They're like, go get, go get in the end zone. Or you're fired. Uh, <laughs> And then, so I did, I put down Kittle as a banger of the week. He didn't find the end zone, but he did get, I think it was seven for 92. So good game in general. And as a tight end, you'll always pretty much take that. Um, and he got his nine, best of the year. Yeah, he got nine targets too, which is what you like to see. It's like a big part of it too. So, and then uh, they actually sacked Garoppolo four times, which is kind of funny for the Packers. To get yeah, I don't sacks. know how that happened, quite frankly. Yeah, it like... I watched it and I still don't necessarily know right. how no, it I did happened. Too. I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah, because it was four four sacks for 26 yards, which isn't like a ton per sack. No, no, like you know, agree, just like run around, go way backwards, sacks. But yeah, they the thing with Jimmy is like it's funny because like Trey Lance comes in so much around the goal line to you know to get weird <laughs> that it's gonna keep him from being like you know too fantasy relevant at all. I know. And I'm curious. I'm curious if slash when we'll see full time Trey Lance, but it might not be for a little bit. But he is getting yeah. on there every now and then. Yeah, that so was my gets... re- um, that was my thing though. I'm like, if they don't have running backs for this run scheme, then shit, get Trey Lance in there. Uh huh. You're gonna yeah, have to. Exactly. That's the thing. Like the 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 mobile quarterback aspect makes the run game so much easier for the yeah. running backs. So and like so the next two games they get. Seahawks and Cardinals, and if those are both losses and they're at two and three in that division, yep, then we could see some change. So, TBD. TBD. Said so I. I just am excited to eventually see Lance, and you know maybe they'll make a a, Ma- a Marlin move. Yes. Do it. And, and of course we had Devonte Adams doing his thing. He annihilated them. Oh man, he really <laughs> did. Yeah. Twelve receptions on eighteen targets. Uh huh. Also, so. Afterwards, I guess they'd said he like, like he claimed he didn't take like a hit to the head. It was more so like he took a big shot to the chest and got the wind knocked out of him. Um, it seemed like he took a hit to the head. I don't know. Oh yeah, I I'm know not sure. I guess they about. cleared him and maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But yeah, I, I, I said I very much hope it actually was not any sort of a head hit and just chest because 
We've talked about it a lot with certain players, and Devontae being one of them. Concussions add up. And so he's gotten a couple concussions already. So he like he and like Kelsey, there's a couple of guys on that list of like, you know, they can't really take too many more. Yeah, I think Ertz is on there. Uh-huh. A lot, a lot of tight ends end up on there. Yeah. Or, like, slot receivers at all, which I'm not, I'm not saying Devontae's just that, but he plays in the slot enough. Like, guys that end up taking a lot of big hits, just, you know, law of large numbers, some of those will be to the head. So, but, yeah, and then ending up, uh, anything I said to add on this one before we get to Monday night? No, I think we did it, did it justice. Yep, and then Dallas waxed the Eagles on Monday night. Wow, they whacked them, dude. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I got to find the timestamp, but we were talking, you know, in our group me about how the game was going. The Eagles had barely had the ball, but I was like, I feel like the Cowboys are going to pull ahead. Uh, they it, did. Yeah, they were just <laughs> playing a lot better. And then my response was, well, these two teams hate each other so much. Like, the hate will fuel the game to be close. But it wasn't. And normally that is a correct take, but Dallas obliterated them. Yeah, so 854. So it was still first quarter at that point, I think, because mm-hmm. that game went so fucking long. Um, this is when I, when I said, I think Dallas is going to pull ahead. But Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they were really outplaying them. The Eagles had a lot of injuries. Like the Eagles and O-line injuries, you know, like the name a better duo thing. Mm-hmm. That's really what it is. And their D-line was hurt. They, they were just missing so many people, and they, they were not able to overcome it. And Dallas is really fucking good. And Dak is playing at an absurd level right now. Yeah, I mean, I think Dak will be comeback player of the year. Oh, at, oh at for sure. Minimum, but he should probably also be in the MVP conversation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I know. Well. Yeah, the only, you know, big fuck up he had was that, you know, fumble in the end zone that gave them a touchdown. Like, oh, you know, get yeah. that away. But, yeah, we saw we saw Zeke eat. Uh, Pollard still got some of his. Schultz, though, it was Schultz day, apparently. Dalton Schultz. Apparently. So frustrating because they have Jarwin and Schultz, and they're both fairly interchangeable with one another. I think Schultz is probably a little better, but they both they both eat each other's fantasy value to the point where you don't know which one you could start on any given week. So I guess yeah. it, if one gets injured, you know, which we don't hope for, but should one get injured or miss time, the other is probably very fantasy relevant. Uh huh. And then while gallops out, it you know helps them too because there's gonna be more two tight end. And then, mm-hmm. but yeah, Schultz has been on the field more because they like, I guess they like his blocking too. But yeah, he's been really good. Um, if we, I think if we remove kneel downs, the Cowboys ran like 37 times. So a lot, a lot of runs. Uh, <laughs> I mean, they, they controlled this game a lot. Yeah. The Eagles couldn't stop them in any capacity. Anytime no. someone ran, they got six yards. And anytime they passed, they were in the end zone. It was, yeah. it was tough sledding for the Eagles. They could not stop Zeke or Pollard. Every time I thought Zeke was, like, stuffed, he ended up getting, like, four or five yards. <laughs> and then he just got, like, chunk <laughs> after chunk. It was very, you know, not going to say classic Zeke, because classic Zeke also, had, you know, breaks all those long ones, too. But, yeah, the, 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 chunk, the chunk runs were there. And then all the Eagles production just came in garbage time, basically. Yeah. Aside from, like, Goddard. Um, three running back rushes. That's like an all-time low over the last 20 years of some bullshit. It was, I mean, I know they had to abandon the run, but holy fuck. Why do you even have Miles Sanders on your team if you're not even going to? Yeah, it's wild. It's, yeah. And like, it's not like they were getting thrashed the whole game. 
No, I mean it was. Uh, I mean, first quarter was seven fourteen, and second it was seven to twenty. That's still. I mean, that's two touchdowns, and you're winning by one. That's like yeah. you know, that's still pretty close. And then third quarter it was uh, twenty seven to fourteen, which is also still not out of reach, and it just kept building. Dak was you know twenty one of twenty six. He just he, he was great, and Dallas's offense is going to be one of the toughest offenses to stop this year for teams. Oh, certainly. So if you don't go in with studs, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and so I remember um, a graphic was pointed out to me, and then I'd seen it circulate on Twitter, about Hertz are, like, before this game, like, he, he had, like, two, three hundred passing games last year, and then Lamar has, like, one in his career or something. But, so Hertz got another one this week, but... <laughs> it wasn't a good game by Eddie B's for him or the Eagles. And then I was looking back last year, they both came in losses, one in a 20 point loss and then one in a um, closer loss. Um, so that, you know, that was an earned 300 yard game. And right. Lamar, Lamar's was in that, you know, smashing of the dolphins that week. But yeah, counting up 300 yard passing games is essentially meaningless uh, at times, <laughs> especially for, you know, Lamar, but you know, I always I found that funny. I'm like, but what's the context? Context matters. Context matters. Yeah. The, what the does Ravens, a 300 yard game mean in today's NFL? Yeah, especially like if you lose by 20, it's very obviously just garbo time. But it matter for fantasy, it's all the same. For just play, okay, just so just Bortles. for reference, if you were throwing 300 yards a game this year, um, you would have 900 yards total after three games, and as of right now. Uh, there are eight quarterbacks currently doing that. With, Derek Carr being one of them. Yeah, exactly. Which is, that's already eight of the 32. So one quarter of the league is throwing for 300 yards a week on average, if not more. So that's at minimum. Mm-hmm. And then you have about two-fourths of the league in between the 900 to 700, which is, you know, give or take 30 yards a game. Yeah. Minus so- there. Yeah, so we've got we've got like seven at nine hundred or more. We've got Carr, who's at twelve hundred. We've got Brady, Kyler, Herbert, Stafford, Mahomes, Cousins, and then Wilson's five below. Yeah, he's, he's at, at eight ninety five. So you I counted him. Yeah, there, yeah. And then Darnold's at eight eighty eight, and then Dax right. at eight seventy eight. So like very clear. There's ten guys that are at above or super close, like literally one pass potentially away from nine hundred. So I would say roughly 60% of the league is within like a standard dev, like a confident standard dev of within that 300 yards a game, (laughs) more or less is basically what I'm looking at. So that doesn't mean shit. I don't. (laughs) 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 Oh, he threw 300 yards a game. Yeah. Well, what's the scheme nowadays? That's one thing I have noticed. And like, is the team bad? Is they've talked about how we're entering the era of schemes more or less. And I think that is actually kind of something that is happening. I don't disagree with that take mm-hmm. that we're now sort of in this time where the schemes are really taking over a lot of the NFL. Um, and offenses are getting better and defenses are learning and having to keep up with it. And it's tough. Like, yeah. There's a lot of passing going on in the league. If you haven't, if people haven't noticed. Yeah. And then, like I said, also the Ravens are rarely in a situation where they need to get 300 passing yards. So, no, and Lamar is still 761. That's not even... I mean, yeah. He's actually just behind Ertz, or Hertz, who is 
yeah. you know, <laughs> has to yeah. throw a little bit more. And Just yeah, eight if, if we add, yeah, I want if we added like you know passing plus rushing, Lamar is you know past a thousand at that point. So right. <laughs> anyway, that's right. I, I always have a gripe with stuff like that. Like count, counting stats are fairly useless. Like for analyzing, like it's for fantasy, that is all that matters. But for analyzing stuff and like you know being like, oh, is this guy good or bad? Like counting stats are not useless, but they don't mean a whole lot at times. Because there was like a Monday night graphic about like the Ravens, and it's like Lamar. It's like, oh, like this much passing last, like this much running first, and it's like, well, there's a reason, <laughs> clearly a reason. But yeah, anyway, say, yeah, Lamar is a top four running for fantasy. Oh, like if you take just his rushing stats t- for yards, yeah, <laughs> exactly. He is right behind Nick Chubb and ahead of David Montgomery, Chris Carson, Christian McCaffrey, Zeke, Melvin Gordon, and Dalvin Cook. So, <laughs> man, yeah, I think I saw like. DeAndre Swift's just his receiving puts him at like RB sixteen or something like that, and then if you add his rushing and stuff too, it obviously is more. So yeah, but anyway, um, that'll do it for our week three review. Hopefully that kind of covers some stuff, gets your brain in sync and ready to uh, jump into week four. You know, you always gotta make sure we hit on everything and uh, don't you know forget what just happened. Exactly. It's good to go back and review the fir- that previous week, so then you can go into the next week and really know what you what you're talking about. Yeah, like, and you, you'll see something like remember, like, oh yeah, like we pointed this out last week, and it's very helpful. For, like, even if no one's listening, like I would still want to sit with you and do this and like go through it because it's very helpful just for us as well. And so, hopefully, you know, you get value listening too. But thank you for tuning in. And we will be back very soon.